This episode of Rebecca Enchanted is brought to you by FTM Travel. FTM Travel has earned the distinction of being named a Disney earmarked agency with a dedicated team that is ready to help you with all of your Disney destination dreams. From Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, and Aulani in Hawaii, let our agents turn your vacation dreams into your dream vacation. There is never any fee for our services. They are complimentary when you book your vacation through us. Visit our website at www.ftmtravel.com. So that's F as in ferry, T as in trip, M as in mother. Again, that's www.ftmtravel.com. Or email us at info at ftmtravel.com. Be sure to mention that you heard about us on the Rebecca Enchanted podcast. Welcome to episode 47 of Rebecca Enchanted. I'm Rebecca Mitchell, your fairy podmother. Today's episode is super exciting. I have fan favorite John Dostler back on, and he and his family have just returned from a galaxy far, far away as they were able to preview Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Hollywood Studios at Walt Disney World. They are annual pass holders for Walt Disney World, so they were given um, a, a time to reserve for previewing this new land and I can't wait for you to hear all about it. It opens to the public August 29th at Walt Disney World and of course it's already open at Disneyland. And something that John and I discussed before we started recording that he wanted to make everybody aware of is that this new land is based more on the new movies. So episodes 7, 8, and 9 I believe uh, those are the newer episode or the newer movies, and so the theming is done more around those kind of newer characters, newer lands, newer themes. Uh, there are still Star Wars experiences at Hollywood Studios that are not going anywhere as of now that we know of. Jedi training is still there. The ride Star Tours is still there, and John wanted to emphasize that that is more based, they did update it with some of the newer movies, but that one's more based on the older movies that, you know, we all kind of grew up with. So uh, Star Tours is still there, and then Star Wars Launch Bay is also still there, um, unsh- you know, no word that that is going anywhere either. Uh, maybe some experiences will be different in there, but as of now, that is still there uh, and available for people to experience. So without further ado, uh, here is John. Hi, John. Hi, how are you? Good. Living the dream. <laughs> Every day. Every day. Welcome back to Planet Earth. Uh, I know you recently uh, were a visitor of the planet Batu. Did I say this correctly? Yes, that's how they pronounce it, Batu. Batu, okay. And Batu East, I guess, right? Right. Okay, so the um, Disney World version is Batu East and Disneyland version is Batu West. Is that right? No, I don't think they're actually even referring them as that way, oh. believe it or not. I think it's just <laughs> okay. Batu. I think they're sort of interchangeable. 
Got it. Okay. Pretend like you're on either one is the same one. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Okay. So, um, I want to get your initial, like first impressions when you walked through, um, the, the, it's kind of a tunnel. Is it a tunnel? It is. Well, there are technically there, it appears there'll be a second entrance maybe over near Toy Story land, which I'm not sure how they're going to do that. I think they're doing that for traffic flow if they ever open that. But um, the main entrance is over by the Sci-Fi Diner and the classic Star Tours ride. Um, and it is a tunnel. It's, it almost feels like you're going under a bridge, but you're walking through a tunnel and then you pop out and you're in Batu. And actually that's the planet. The, where you're located is called the Black Spire Outpost, which is, um, they have a whole backstory on it. And it's just that it's kind of where the Millennium Falcon has landed and is being worked on and running um, the history of the Millennium Falcon is that it is, there's a lot of smuggling. That's kind of how the whole backstory on Han Solo and all that was that he was a smuggler. And so Black Spire Outpost was sort of ignored by the whole unrest in the universe and had been sort of left alone until recently. And then now there's both the first order, which is the, for people who have not seen the newer films, that's the essentially the same thing as the evil empire, the galactic empire, just with a new name and (laughs) rebranded. They rebranded it. The first order. (laughs) I mean, I mean, they all look the same. They all have stormtroopers. I mean, nothing's really changed. So I don't know why that all happened, but, and then there's used to be the rebels, but now they're called the resistance. So same thing, branding change, but it's essentially the same thing. And they occupy the same area. So while you're, so when you walk in, you're sort of in a neutral area um, the very first, at that entrance, the very first ride is Rise of the Resistance, but that ride is not open yet. That does not open until December. And um, there are cast members interspersed throughout the entire land. Um, you know, I was there for a preview. I'm not sure if we saw more cast members than you would normally see, like on a regular day. I think they're probably going to have it staffed pretty heavily anyway. Um, but yeah, there's cast members all around. I mean, the minute you walk into it, the foliage is different. It's um, it's much more a foresty feel to it. It doesn't feel Florida-y at all. There's not palm trees or anything. They've done a really great job of kind of giving it that a whole different world feel. There's spaceships all around. You really can't walk up to the spaceships. They have them kind of walled off from people with half retaining walls because they actually have characters working on the spaceships. That's one of the immersion part of this whole thing. So, yeah, they have um, characters that are walking, that are doing their job. They're, they're walking parts to a spaceship. <laughs> they're working. While we were standing there um, waiting in line for a photo, Chewbacca was working on an X-Wing fighter just with another mechanic. It was really kind of a, a neat because it's not a typical meet and greet with a character. They're actually doing something in the land. That is so cool. Yeah, and you can't bother them while they're working. I mean, they've got to fix the No, ships. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're, they're, that, that's part of it there. And um, there's all these little kind of um, off, off the walkways of spaceships or droid areas where they're working on stuff. And they're not always all occupied. Like, that, we saw Chewbacca working on it, and they were kind of, you know, acting on a thing where, you know, he was trying to find a tool, and then they disappeared for a while, and then they would come back. So it's not like they're constantly out there. And then as you walk through the entire galaxy's edge, there are stormtroopers walking around. Uh, honestly, they're harassing people as they're walking. It's really funny. <laughs> they do that in, they were doing that in Hollywood studios anyway, if anyone had ever gone, yeah. right? Like the stormtroopers would stop and ask for your identification. Uh, and they do, they play along pretty well with that now, still in, um, in uh, Black Spire Outpost, as they call it. 
Um, so the one side as you first come in is all rise. Uh, that's that big ride that has not opened. So it's closed off, but there are cast members answering questions. Um, the, the super important thing, at least I was aware of it when I went in, their terminology is very different. You know, these cast members have worked really hard on their backstories. They have histories like how long have they been living on Batu? And so if you take a, a minute to sort of talk to someone and get, they answer your questions or you ask them where they're from. Um, again, their terminology is different. They're, they won't know what a bathroom is. They're called a refresher. Um, a water fountain is a hydrator. It's, it's, so it's kind of, even those little subtle, small things, which for a fan is really kind of cool because you really are like living, it's like you're acting out of, you know, you're in a whole different world. Yeah. Um, so, and you are well-versed, which I wouldn't be, um, but you, you came prepared, um, to kind of ask certain questions of the cast members. Um, and do you want to just maybe talk about a couple of those things or some key phrases, maybe a a casual visitor might want to know when they go? Sure. I mean, uh, the, the, uh, I mean, the two big things that people probably need would be, of course, the bathroom, which is, you know, the refresher, and then the hydrator, which is the water. But um, in on the planet Batu, you don't say good morning or good evening. Good morning is bright suns. So people will always say bright suns if it's daytime. And around five or six, they switch it over to rising moons. So when you see a, a, a cast member who's in, the, in Galaxy's Edge, that's what they'll say. So even if you say, I heard a lot of people saying, oh, hey, good evening, or how are you? And they would always, based on the time, we were there um, around four till about nine o'clock and um as it got darker you know the cast members are really good about saying rising moons Uh, my favorite Mm -hmm. um response that i learned ahead of time was um when you don't know something which of course you know you're there and you don't know anything but i would always say to i I just kind of almost get a chuckle out of some of the cast members as i would say only the ancients know (laughs) <laughs> and so that got a lot of laughs and it was really nice. And then when you say goodbye to someone there, instead of saying bye, you say till the spire or farewell. Um, they really okay. seem to love okay. that. And so they, uh, you know, they're learning too. They're, it's a whole new thing for them as well. You know, someone asked me to compare this um, to Pandora and uh, because Pandora was the last kind of otherworldly, you know, Disney area they opened. And, the big difference is at Pandora, when you get there, there's just regular cast members who are Disney cast members. They, you know, it's, it's Bob from, you know, Kenosha working the, you know, the, the vending cart or whatever. And so if you ask them any question, it's not like they could have a Navi in there because that's a made up, you know, blue, blue mm-hmm. character. And so this, however, is you're truly, they're playing the role. So it's like, they're all part of the experience which so makes a little bit more, uh, again, keep, we keep saying immersive, but it really is very like people um, are really into it. And of course, you know, there were a lot of fans there who were really into it. And so saying some of these phrases, it really kind of was, you're, you're role playing, you're pretending to be in a different world. So that made it even a little bit more fun, a, a better, a different yeah. experience. It's, it's different than just showing up to the park and riding a ride. You're actually yeah. interacting with someone. And then if, if someone was confused and would pull out their phone, they would say, oh, that's your data pad. That's not, it's not, it's not <laughs> a phone. It's, it's, a, it's a data pad or a data pad, they would say. So, um, so yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was cute. That. And then I think one cast member, I said to him, I said, oh, 
um, and you have to be a fan, but uh, Padawan is a, is a word they use for like a young child who has really strong force powers. And I said it to one cast member in the non, so the area is sort of divided. One, the one area is, you know, where the, where the um, first order is, you know, the bad guys. And I had said that term. She was like, oh, we don't talk about that here. So, I mean, they're, it's really <laughs> cute. They really play off where they are in, the, in, that, in that part of the park. So it's, it's, it's a neat, yeah, it was a really neat, neat experience. I love that. Okay, so let's get into kind of the nitty gritty of what you experienced while you were there. Um, the different things that you guys were able to do in your short sure. Time so we uh, entered the park, and uh, our goal was to try to get a lot of photos and stop at the photo pass photographers. Even the photo pass photographers are Batu residents, so they talk in that same dialect or, or language. Um, uh, as you walk, there's that ride that's not open, and then um, you walk. There's like a Everything seems to be, as you walk in from that entrance, everything seems to be on the left. Everything on the right is sort of not a whole lot over there. It's just kind of big path walking ways. Which So if you're looking to go straight to the back, you just kind of stay to your right and skip everything. But between the rise of the Resistance ride and Smuggler's Run, where I think everyone sees the picture of the Millennium Falcon, there's a marketplace. And so it, really there's a million products in there that you could, and, and really neat if anyone's in, into cosplay, that likes to, um, they have um, outfits and Jedi robes and um, really neat uh, stuff like that. I was really surprised. So it's a, it kind of like a Batu marketplace or Black Spire uh, marketplace. There is a um, quick serve restaurant, so a counter service inside. They just pretty much do wraps in there and in the marketplace area. And then, uh, as you pass through the marketplace, you stumble upon the Millennium Falcon, which is the ride that's open right now. And that's uh, Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. And we hopped right into line. We did a couple photos and then we just jumped, jumped right into line. Uh, and the, the queue is super immersive as well. There's, you're inside like a repair shop of, uh, for spaceships. And so there's actually things going on. There's noises. You hear people on radios. They're trying to start engines on one of the, on one of the spaceships they have in there. Um, and as you get up to the front of the queue, that's when they're asking your numbers, how many in your party. And then you go into a staging, a pre-show staging area in that ride. And so the pre-show is pretty neat. Tells you the backstory of the Millennium Falcon, if you're not really familiar with it, that it used to do smuggling and we're going to do it again. And you actually pilot the ship. Um, and then after you're done with that, you head into a, uh, where they're again, giving up numbers, six people can ride on the ride. So there is a single rider line because normally the groups are either in twos or fours. So when you get to that point, you need to fill in the spot. So those single rider people were getting in within under 10, 15 minutes, because it just really, it's a good chance if you wanted, if you're okay, separating from your party if you want to ride the ride quickly, the single rider on that ride, I can see would be a huge benefit. Um, once they, you get assigned um, a position and a color, and your color indicates what um, uh, cast member takes you to your ride vehicle. Um, something to note, though, if you have little kids, uh, my husband and I have two five-year-olds. Uh, on that ride, your little one has to ride either next to you or in front of you. So that's something to keep in mind when you're riding. So we had five-year-old twins. They had to ride next to us. Or the very first position in the ship is pilot. And I love my five-year-old kids, but they're terrible <laughs> pilots. 
and um and you're actually riding the ride i mean you're controlling the, the 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 vehicle it's like a video game except in a huge simulator and um let's just say we hit a lot of walls and we hit a lot of and you're flying the spaceship <laughs> um if you've ever had that if you grew up with star wars and you have that fantasy of of uh put pulling the throttle to make the ship go into hyperdrive this is your chance because that's what you do on the ride it's a really fun ride it's um so the first position is pilot, the second position is gunner, and the last position is engineer. The engineer repairs the ship as you go. The gunner obviously shoots. Uh, it's just a button. When you're a pilot, you don't really pay attention much to the ride because you're so busy trying to make sure the ship doesn't crash. So um, it's a really, I you know, encourage everyone to ride all the positions because each one is kind of fun. Um, and it was a really, it was a fun, and it's a long ride. It's, the actual ride itself is over, I think, three to four minutes. But the, yeah, nice. so it's not like a super quick experience. It's actually a long, longer experience. Um, oh, and while you're waiting, you know, if you're fans of the, of Star Wars and the Millennium Falcon, they have the actual area where you um, can sit down and they have that chess table that's really famous from the movies. And you can take pictures in there. It's sort of a staging area while you're waiting for your um, ride color to be called. So that, I mean, the ride was really, um, the line was long for us. We probably, it was 30 minutes before we rode the ride. Um, there's right now no fast pass, of course, we were in the preview and there's no fast pass being offered on that ride. So it's just a general, um, wait at this point for everyone. Yeah. yeah. And then the single rider, which everyone, yeah. I mean, literally were stepping up there and they were just getting right in on the single rider. And some people were even lucking out and they would have like, there would be a group of four and they couldn't find a group of two. So they would put two of the single riders in. Well, if you know, you're going with a friend and it's just the two of you, there's a good chance you can still ride in the same um ship together as it were yeah okay okay yeah and and um just for people to note currently we don't have any information on there being fast pass for this ride it's um going to be standby until they decide it's not however we do have confirmation that uh you will have access to it on a vip tour so uh if it's really important to you to do this with uh without waiting because who knows what the wait times will be like once it actually opens uh the vip tour might be your way to go um in order to minimize your wait on that i will say the queue uh, so, so we went into the queue and they probably only had half of it line you know ready to go it so mm -hmm. it wasn't but it's a, I mean, it's a, I mean, you see a lot, but I can see how that could be an easily a two hour wait queue, um, the way they have yeah. it staged up just because it's going to be really popular. It's the only ride that will be opening in that area initially. So that's sort of like the one big ride there that, I, so I can, you know, a VIP is really the way to go on that ride right now. So, yeah. And then was the, the queue mostly inside? No, it was inside? not. Oof. Yeah. There was a big okay. part of it outside. You go right behind. So if you see the pictures of the Millennium Falcon um, in mm -hmm. that area, you're actually queued behind it. So the entrance is to the left of the ship. And then you actually, the outside part of the queue is all behind there and you weave all around. They had half of it about outside of it already not, you know, open because, the crowds yeah. weren't that bad because we were there for a preview. But um, once you're inside, of course, it's really comfortable. But I mean, it's it's outside. There's quite a bit of pavement you're you're hitting to. Um, it is shaded because you're kind of under the building a little bit, so that's good. But um, mm -hmm. it, it could be, you know, in, in hot Florida sun. If if you're you know just sensitive to it, you should be aware of it. Yeah, that's good to yeah. know. 
Okay, so... So um, wrote that. Yes, got that. And then mm-hmm. we walked over to the First Order side where they have a TIE fighter. And if you don't know what a TIE fighter is, that's the bad guy's um, fighter ship. Um, and it's kind of propped up there. And, you know, they uh, obviously they've made that area a little bit smaller. There's, of course, a gift shop over there, which I thought we kind of laughed about. Like, of course, you know, the, the First Order, you know, evil uh, galactic empire would have a gift shop. Um, yeah. And so we kind of peeked in there for a second, got, took some photos over there. And that's where they sell, you know, they sell the blue and the green juice um, in August Cantina. And they also sell it at a, a, a car or a outdoor location over by that TIE fighter. So we went and got the adult version of the green and the blue juice. Um, the one has rum, the blue juice, they add rum and the green juice, they'll add tequila. So, yeah, oh. and um, I preferred the green juice, although I can see without the alcohol, maybe I would not as much probably like it. But the blue is very sweet. So I think that's probably what, why people love it so much. And the green is very earthy or oh, I don't even know how you would describe it. It's, they're, they're really unique drinks. I mean, I thought, oh, it's such a gimmick, but they really were really refreshing um, to have. And um, so we got those. They have a... a, a station over there where you can buy it and it was very very popular so it was a, a little bit of a wait um bad guys like refreshments you know, too, you know? when, when you're so. in that hot stormtrooper outfit you gotta have a blue yeah. juice or to <laughs> yeah. calm down yeah um there's a yeah. set of refreshers over there they're very nice bathrooms i have to say i know you and i are going to talk about bathrooms in the future but there's a really mm-hmm. nice bathroom, nice and cool, lots of space. They, they were very smart. I also noticed at this part of the, and I, this, I think it's very good for Disney, is they're doing those water bottle, bottle refillers at their water stations now, which mm-hmm. is great. It reduces single-serve plastic. I know they make a lot of money off of those Dasani bottles, but I think it's better for the environment at some point. So they do have um, the water bottle refillers. If you bring your own... Um, yeti or whatever you know bottle or swell bottle, and they have the little you know instead of trying to put it up against the water fountain which is kind of gross right so they have that there as well a couple of them i noticed on that and then it leads right around and there was the entrance for the droid depot and that was the next stop i've uh love my little droids and you get to build your own droid and um they have it really kind of set up pretty well. They do require reservations. They did not, because it was a preview, it was just you had to wait in line. So we waited maybe 10 minutes in line. And you prepay. You tell them what you're going to build. And then they give you a little um, basket. And you go over to a giant conveyor belt. And you pick out your pieces. And they tell you what pieces <gasps> to pick out. It's, it's pretty neat. And then you wait for a station to open up. And then they, um, you essentially build it yourself. Um, they have a little screwdriver there, and they are there to help you. But it's really the whole pur- purpose of it is that you're, you know, assembling your own little droid. So I did build a BB-8 version of of my own, um, and they have a lot of upgrades on that thing. You can upgrade, you know, you could probably make it a five hundred dollar droid if you want. But I just got the basic little droid. Comes with remote control. He rolls all around just like BB-8. It's kind of cool. Oh I know gosh. it's neat. So I have to ask a couple yeah. questions. How, how, from a novice here, how did you know what you wanted to build? Well, okay, I'm old. So back in, back <laughs> in the day, um, Hummacher Schlemmer, remember that company? Yeah. yeah. They used to sell yeah. an R2-D2 unit, and that thing was super expensive. It was like 200 something dollar droid. 
And he probably, I don't know, maybe a foot high. I mean, that thing has been around since like the 80s. It was oh, like yeah. real, yeah, you could like, I remember the commercials for it. So as a birthday gift to myself years ago, I bought one and I rarely use it. My kids love to play with it. He's really fun. Um, and uh, the, the big feature of him is he can respond to verbal commands, which is kind of fun. Um, so I already had an R2 unit. I probably would have built an R2 unit, but the kids, you know, again, I have little five-year-olds and they were really, they really love BB-8, even though they have never really seen the movie with him in it because it's violent and mm -hmm. I don't want them to see that quite yet. So, um, but they know they've met, they've, we've done the BB-8 meet and greet at um, Launch Bay at Hollywood Studios. So he's cute, you know, looks like a basketball and so that was kind of when we got in there, we kind of just decided, oh, you know what, let's make it. We already have an R2 unit. Let's make, a, let's make him a best friend. And so we named him mm -hmm. BB4. And he is purple and white <laughs> on the big ball part. And then his little head is, I think, black and gray. And uh, something, too, to note is, is you are in the line to pay for, they have all the pieces on display. And then they remind you as you get up to the front that not all the pieces will be available. <laughs> so you kind of make, you okay. make your, you're like, oh, that would look really great color wise. And then you get up there and they, and then they'll kind of tell you, oh, shoot, you know, FYI, these colors are out. And you just wait at the conveyor belt. And it's like a, 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 a baggage. Like a sushi yeah. restaurant is or what baggage, I'm thinking. Yeah. Claim when you're waiting a baggage claim, it's, yeah. I mean, a hundred different parts all kind of tossed onto a conveyor belt and you just kind of grab whatever parts you need. Um, or you want color-wise for your particular droid. And then, yeah, you do the assembly. They activate it right in front of you. So they put it in a bag. Um, I left. And um, somebody had already pre-warned me, but this reminded me of over at Universal, where they have the Harry Potter ones that work inside the area. The droids will react inside the area. So as you walk around to, like I walked around outside of the droid depot, they have, you know, displays of different droids and, like, um, there's one part where droids are taking a bath, but the droids started shaking and acting up. It was, yeah, they're really interactive. And then when you go to the bad part where the First Order is, they'll even get upset because they're around, like, you know, the evil empire. That's so it cool. is. It is really, all of a sudden my bag would start vibrating. I was like, oh, no, he's talking to me. He's telling me he doesn't, he's excited or he's mad or whatever. We didn't have much time to focus yeah. on that. So, yeah. And how is he powered? Do you have to recharge him? No, uh, there's batteries inside of him. And so the, the base unit is too, um, oh gosh, it creates a ball. So it's like it splits in half and you can replace the battery inside of there. Okay. Just like they, it came <laughs> yeah, with the Yeah, yeah. Totally activated the okay. brand new everything. So Got yeah, it. eventually at some point I'll have to replace the batteries. I, yeah, I haven't. Yeah. really quite even uh, to be honest with you i mean to look to see what kind of batteries they are but they they sort of mentioned that in passing and then after you yeah after yeah. you get it all built and everything it's it is nice to pay it ahead of time so that once you're done you can yeah. just head out there's no big deal and then um were troy and the kids able to come in with you to watch you build it or how did that process yeah they, i mean we all could have stayed we all picked out parts together and then the assembly um i'm gonna be honest the kids were really tired we had already done the pool all day so they were getting a little fussy yeah. um next to the droid depot is a great um uh shop uh gift shop so with all different kinds all droid kind of based um shirts and stuff so we went and got them a little treat over there uh troy took the kids mm -hmm. over there while i finished up the droid real quick and then we met outside and started to walk around a little bit more um and to see where we wanted to see where um 
there's a couple things we didn't even get to see because I'm going back, but they're not. But they were getting a little yeah. tired. Um, August Cantina, um, we knew there was a wait to get in. So the particular preview we went to, you had to kind of pick what you wanted to do. One was, you know, did you want to get a reservation into Oga's? If you did that, you kind of forgave up giving other, like, other activities. So uh-huh. I didn't select it. You could have tried to wait for but we had already, oh, we wanted to eat. So um, we went to, and I can't remember the name of it now, but I, it's the only really indoor quick serve restaurant there. Um, yeah. And it, we were like, let's just get some food, get some dinner at that point. So like Doc yeah, Seven or Doc, uh, yeah, Doc yeah. Seven or something. Yeah, yeah Doc Bay yeah. Seven or something it's, like it, that. So yeah, yeah. there's a, it's a, again, a quick serve. You wait in line. Thank goodness the line's inside. And most of the restaurants inside it's not a lot of seating. I'm going to tell you that a lot of the seating is outside. It's probably 50-50 on the seating on indoor and outdoor. So we had to wait a little bit for a table. Um, so just kind of a heads up on that place. Yeah. But it's, um, and the food was, you know, they're still, I think, working out the kinks of the food. I wasn't bowled over by the options there, but it, it was essentially a glorified Caesar salad. It was fine. I mean, for, I think, maybe $15, $16, which in Disney World is not expensive right. for a salad right. and but i mean did i think it was a little overdressed yeah probably but you know they're also they're brand new too i mean they, they've really only been open yep. a couple of weeks they did cast member previews then this preview and then they open in just a, you know a little over a week so so i think they're still getting yeah. the kinks out the kids um i forget what we got the kids i think it was like some kind of version of a chicken strip or something and it was perfectly fine they loved it they ate it all up so i mean that's Oh, it's called um, Docking Bay 7. Is what yeah, it's so, yep, so yeah, it was really nice. There's cast members everywhere to help you out. They're, they'll point you in the right direction. Um, it is multi-layered, um, so, or multi-level, I should say. So as you come into the land, you don't know it, but you're actually kind of going up. And then when you get over to, the, if you mm. go through the marketplace, it steps down to the Millennium Falcon. There is, of course, a ramp for strollers and um, assistive devices like a scooter. But you, you definitely have to get out of your way to go get down if you if you don't want to just take the staircase and same thing mm-hmm. leading down to droid depot and that area is more steps but they do have ramp- i mean of course they have ramps but i did notice that you kind of have to you know maneuver your way around if if you're not just walking so yeah okay yeah. okay and then you you got to see it kind of day to night um was it did, all the way dark when he you was left? yeah we left at uh eight something almost nine yeah, when we left. It, at night, I loved it even more. The lighting is really neat, especially the First Order area where, you know, it's a lot of red and, you know, sinister. Um, but I feel that way, too, over at Pandora. Night is always preferred at Pandora. Oh. Yeah, but 100%. Yeah, but I mean, to see it... But you missed some details, too. I think you have to do it Oh, both. exactly. You know, you gotta we, see I mean, the way we had planned it worked out at first. I thought, oh, it's late in the day for the kids, and they were a little cranky at the end because they were just tired. But um, to see it from day to night was really neat especially at night that we have it all lit up fan i mean we have some fantastic pictures and um it just it's more memorable the marketplace seems a little bit more like ooh, you know it's um you're you know you're probably not somewhere that's super safe i mean it is safe but i mean like you're thinking yourself like yeah <laughs> i'm in this world where this would probably be like where you know bad deals happen or something kind of a thing so yeah and the 
the bars light up like the um, most eyes. I know it's a different, right. you know, time and era, but that most Eisley kind of those kind of exactly, characters. Exactly. And yeah. then um, yeah. the Sabi's lightsabers, we didn't even step into at that point. So I don't have any experience of building a lightsaber. Um, people raved about them. A lot of people had them, were purchasing them. I, they were all over. Um, nobody really had them out. They were all packaged up. And then... Um, there's the Den of Antiqu- Antiquities, which I didn't even step in. That was a really long line to get into there. So we yeah. did not have a chance to go into that one either. So even though we were there for four plus hours, we rode um, Smuggler's Run again. We wanted to ride it again. Um, that time the ride was super quick because it was getting later. And I think people were kind of getting a little tired. And so the, the queue yeah. had really gone down to maybe 15, 20 minutes of wait so that was great we got to write it again because the kids wanted to and we had a really fun time with it we shopped a little bit more on the way out and then um, yeah we left by about, i think 8 30 ish because we were on the bus by nine okay. yeah so we were there about four hours which you could really spend a good amount of time there and then when the second ride opens i could really see you could make it really a big part of your day oh yeah yeah that's um and the the new ride that's opening uh, i think it's december 5th uh is supposed to be like you know, Smuggler's Run is amazing and Rise of the Resistance is amazing or, yeah, you know, more amazing. It's like the premier <laughs> the ride of the land of the area. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. It's supposed to be amazing. Um, size wise, how big is the land comparatively to something else, you know, fantasy land or wh- whatever? Gosh, um, it's hard, you know. Size wise, what are we looking yeah, at? Yeah. I mean, they were really smart of keeping the pathways pretty wide, which is great because I think they've learned mm-hmm. from Pandora that it can get a little congested and bottlenecked in certain parts. Um, and mm-hmm. so they've kept a lot of those walkways really wide, which is nice. So, but I, I would think that this area, um, it's almost like a crescent moon kind of a thing. It's a, or like a half circle. The whole, the, the whole area is um, with most of the rides really are all the attractions kind of on one side of, I'm sure for future building, they're going to build more stuff. Um, so yeah. a lot of it's just not utilized yet as they, to see the demand or whatever, but um, uh, area wise, Oh my gosh. I mean, try to think, I'm going to say it's probably double the size of Pandora. That's the only one thing I'm okay, trying to compare wow. to. Yeah, walking okay. wise. And it's, you're like, wow. I mean, there's, they were really smart the way they kind of had create, you could tell they, for traffic flow. So the way they're yeah. kind of working on it. So yeah, so I mean, yeah, we're looking at least at twice as big as Pandora. Like real okay. estate wise, walkway wise, that kind of thing. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm so excited. So our trip that we're doing is coming up um, in just a few weeks here and we'll be able to experience this together. And um, I'm excited because we have a reservation for Oga's Cantina. Mm -hmm. So that's amazing. And um, I'm excited to see the whole thing. And I'm excited for you to be my translator while we're there. happy to do it. (laughs) Do you think there's any, what are you like, what are you most excited to see again or try or, um, you know, what's your next uh, big thing there? Well, I mean, I mean, of course, when Rise of the Resistance opens will be great in December. But I think beforehand is probably take more time in the marketplace. Um, I know you like to shop. And Mm -hmm. uh, I did not have a ton of time to stop because when you're with little kids, they want everything. So it wasn't like I got to explore a lot of the shopping which sounds kind of silly but um it's fun to have little memorabilia or something that i really didn't besides the droid that was about all i was able to get 
So kind of experiencing that, I, I've, I'm thrilled to see how much you might like or not like Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a, people go, oh, is it like one of those simulator rides? I'm like, well, I mean, technically it is because, you know, but the way you're in the ride vehicle, it really, it's such a personal experience because there's only six of you. A lot of those simulator rides, you're in there with like 40 people. So this right. is a very small group of people that you're in there with. And if you're in there with friends or family, you really, it's a, it's a great fun experience because it's just so intimate, I guess is a good way to put it. So and I'm excited for that, like, because at Mission Space at Epcot, um, you know, you're assigned a role and you push a button, but it doesn't really have any impact on the ride. Spoiler no. alert. And so I'm excited to, like, actually do something. So on the second know? ride, so, you know, they use that magic band technology, um, which is kind of scary, but it's good because when we went back in, the, um, I think his name is Hondo. He's the guy that sort of is telling you in the, in the pre-show about what you're doing. And he's mm-hmm. like the chief smuggler or whatever he he comes on the thing and he was like i can't believe you're back i mean your ship had so much damage the last time you flew i mean look you hit this and that and we were like oh my gosh that's exactly what happened so it does it does keep the, the whole purpose is to keep track of they're saying how you act in like the in this ride or in rise of the resistance or whatever it'll follow you through the park so even cast members who are maybe are checking you out or something might say oh, wow, I heard you had a really rough time on the Millennium Falcon or something. Or, wow, I heard you do really good. So, How cool. Yeah. I mean, I mean talk about immersive. It really, I mean, they're <laughs> supposed to, that's supposed to roll out, I think, a little bit later. They're kind of getting the kinks out now. But, um, and then sure. I had heard stories of um, in Disneyland people that have, I've had friends that have gone there, that when you leave the ride, if you had a particularly bad, like the uh, bad run, like the cast members will say, oh, my gosh, you know, what, you know, they know how you did. We didn't, we didn't really yeah. see a lot of cast members as we were exiting, so we didn't get any of that particular experience. But um, apparently that's part of the – will be part of it as you're as – you're, and it is it's – a, it's a tough shift to control. I mean, you really feel like – I mean, I was trying to control both up and down and left and right yeah. because my little guy was trying to make us crash every other second. But Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So it, it does. It follows okay. you. It's, it's kind of neat how that works. Yeah, exciting. Oh, I'm so excited to see it. Um, Just also to, I think we kind of mentioned it, but reservations are currently required for Oga's Cantina, which is what we're going to do, Joy Depot, which you did, and then the lightsaber experience that you talked about as well. So um, those are, those all require reservations and um, the Joy Depot and uh, lightsabers you're required to pay for in advance. Right, and for people so. flying in, TSA does approve lightsabers through security, so you can take yes. a lightsaber home on the plane I saw and that. not check, so you don't have to check it. Check <laughs> yes. your lightsaber. Right, right. I mean, because you, know, you don't know what kind of trouble you're going to run into. Exactly. <laughs> you got to have You have to cut your you. sandwich when you buy your sandwich for your flight home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Funny. Okay. Awesome. Uh, anything else we missed? Anything else you want to no, cover? No, no. I think that's it. I mean, if get there early. I mean, that's the biggest advice I've been telling people that want to go is um, use it, stay on property, use those extra, extra magic morning hours. Those get those first, get there the break of dawn to, to check it yep. out because I think really the early bird will get the worm on this one. If you really want to experience it, you know, it'll be crowded, you know, have your expectation there. But um, I think, to really kind of get a good feel for it and try to do it a couple days in a row if you can. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because we're going to be doing that. Well, I don't know. Now you you said now that you've seen it, you might. No, I'll go. I want to wake up at five o'clock. I know you will. Um, But uh, yeah, we're going to be taking advantage of those extra extra magic hours uh, beginning at at six a.m. when we're there in a few weeks. And um, while it will be crowded, you know, it's just letting in the resort crowd, uh, which is different than letting in you know the the entire park crowd. And um, in addition to that, they're doing extra, extra magic hours at every park but Epcot. So that does maybe help to disperse the crowd a little bit. Um, people might choose to go to Animal Kingdom or Magic Kingdom or something, too. So um, that, I think that helps a little bit to direct some of the crowd. I agree. Yeah, it'll be it'll help. And if you have no interest in Star Wars, which there are people out there, it'll help you, too, yeah. because then you can, you know, that'll alleviate some of the pressure and, you know, maybe give you a little bit more time in some of the other parks if you like to, you know. Yeah. Well, and Toy Story Land will be open during the extra, extra magic hours too. So, um, you know, it's still, Toy Story Land still very, very popular, but this um, Star Wars crowd might take some of the pressure off of that too. So, um, yeah. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your experience with me. And um, may, oh, I was going to say, may the odds be ever in your favor, but that's, hmm, that's wrong. not the right one. So, Hmm, totally now we have to say till the uh, spire till the spire <laughs> okay i'll talk All to right, you good later journey to you oh and to you sir <laughs> thank right. you okay bye. bye i hope you enjoyed hearing all about john's family's experience at star wars galaxy's edge i know i did uh and if you would like to reach out to john to help you plan your vacation he can be reached at john at ftmtravel.com So that's John, J-O-H-N, at F as in fairy, T as in trip, M as in mother, ftmtravel.com. And I will have that in the show notes as well as a link to his Facebook and Instagram. But um, you can find him on Facebook at John Dostler. uh, If you just search John Dostler Travel Agent or on Instagram, he's Travel Pro John, T-R-A-V-E-L. P-R-O-J-O-H-N. Very easy to find there. And he puts some great pictures and stories up on there as well. Okay. Um, I think that that is going to do it for this episode. Uh, if you have any questions, always you can reach out. As always, you can reach out on Facebook or Instagram at Rebecca Enchanted. And I'll see you real soon.